theoretically possible. Why waste time? It doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston, press to ATO. Three, two, one. Welcome to the deep thinking place called Life Out of the Box podcast starring Quinn. How are you? And Jonathan. Yes, I am here and we are very grateful to have the honor to speak to you about a deep subject. We love art. We appreciate art and we love innovation and we appreciate innovation. True. And this is a quote that we recently saw that's very thought provoking and well deserving of a conversation that we share with our friends. Agreed. And I mean, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Um, <laughs> and for those of you who have probably been listening, you know that we have been deep into the world of, you know, digital art, digital assets, but also kind of, I mean, it's definitely brought us back down into the rabbit hole of, of art in general. What I mean, is art, art? What is art? And I feel like, you know, art history has always been something that's fascinating and I loved. Something that you, you kind of taught a little bit, too. Very much so. And, you know, it, the cons, everyone's got their own opinion about art, right? Everyone thinks, you know, this is definitely worth something. This is, you know, And there's it, the whole <laughs> well, question of, like, what is art? What, what is, is art, art supposed to be, right? Well, that, that's a whole deep conversation so in itself. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to say what is art. Maybe that's a subject for another episode. Yeah. I actually think that would be an interesting episode. But today we're talking about... Um, a statement, kind of a quote that um, I read that kind of really made us both think pretty deeply about what does this mean, right, in terms of where art is today. So the the statement starts, art always had innovation. So art is not about likes, feelings, and expressing the self. And then finally, art is about statements of innovation. That's kind of the core where I'm like, Okay, whoa. So what do you want to break down first? So let's, well, okay, honestly, let's do, art is statement, is is about statements of innovation. Art is about statements of innovation. So let's just make this broad and let's go back in time. When I think about art, I think about, in all honesty, first thing come to mind, Picasso, Van Gogh. And when I think about their pieces, they were unique at the time. Their style. Yeah. Their their um their form of perspective and i think of van gogh's style with like starry night that yeah. little i don't know how there's probably a term for this but you know the little like little lines that when you like blur your eyes a little bit and it makes like almost like a real picture but if you don't blur your eyes you see the attention to detail with every stroke yeah all the brush strokes yeah i don't know i don't know what i'm saying but you, you get my vibe right 100 percent. and he and there's that consistency with Van Gogh paintings, um, whether it was of another human or himself or a pot of flowers. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the innovation that he contributed to the art world and hence why I think he um, is celebrated globally. Yeah. When it comes to Picasso, his innovation would be, from my point of view, is his abstract shapes Mm -hmm. to show um, real-world images. So awkward square circle of a human being in a weird place but oh, it just comes together in a beautiful way where you're like whoa that's clearly a bull or clearly a group of people but in a way way presented in a format that uh you can't capture in any other way besides from someone's vision and then putting it in at the time uh onto paper now you can do it with like computer stuff and, yeah and there's new ways but that's what i think of 
their contribution to innovation. And therefore, that statement does hold true. Yeah, that's a really, two really fantastic examples, honestly. I mean, if you think about um, Van Gogh in, in terms of his art, right now, the way that I like to compare that type of art, which is very similar to like Monet and whatnot, is basically... Um, like pixels, right? When we're mm-hmm. looking, when oh, we're looking at, point. you know, that's when we're looking point. at a at a computer, we're seeing like a complete image. But if you really zoom in, you get the closer you get, the more you realize it's just like a bunch of squares, a bunch of pixels, right? right. Um, so I think that is really interesting in terms of for sure innovation of the day, and almost kind of tying it back into right now too, because we look at our phones probably more than anything else. So um, our phones and our computers. I look so. at you. More than I look at my phone. Oh, that's what I love to hear. Thank it's you, true, though. husband. Um, and then, you know, with uh, Picasso, I mean, yeah, the deconstruction of organic shapes, right? You're actually abstracting, you're making things abstract so that the brain is kind of almost working in a way where it's like, wait, I kind of understand what this is. This is maybe like a face, but I'm not really sure. So it's kind of challenging mm-hmm. the brain. And it's, it, it, is, it was very innovative for its time. You know, the artist that I think about the most is Leonardo da Vinci, honestly, mm. when we're talking about like, you know, Innovation. Yeah. Well, just in terms of the attention to detail and his fascination of bringing science and art together at a time where mm. the church was really kind of the more predominant, um, you know, voice of, or, you know, purse money. Like that was like what art was all about was just about like, you know, stories from the church, right? Yeah. That's who funded most of the stuff. And so, um, for Leonardo da Vinci to kind of like really examine, you know, nature and the body and the shapes and like why this all happens in a really scientific way through his beautiful talent of art, um, it made us see nature in a different way. It made, you know, not today, but yeah, standing on the shoulders of giants did make a lot of people like kind of look and say, wow, there are actually geometric shapes and patterns that are in the natural world that we never really thought about before, right? Like, you know. Very innovative. Really innovative for this time. But so now even kind of flashing forward more towards, you know, like some of the modern artists that a lot of people know about, like, um, you know, Andy Warhol, for example, I mean, he was really kind of highlighting a lot of like consumerism, right? But his idea of like, hey, I can print stuff and make money off of it really garnered a lot of, you know, a lot of people debated about this. Like, you know, is he a sellout or is he really just kind of like showing, you know, the irony of like art and capitalism and how those two can kind of come together, you know? That's a really interesting interesting example that you just brought up because I wonder what, and you would know better than I do. What, what, what do you feel is his con his innovative contribution to the art world? Andy Warhol, is it capitalizing on it, you know, from being a living artist and actually making a very financially fruitful career out of it? Or is it something more? Yeah, I think that, well, I think if you really want to go, if people go deep in, in, into analyzing Warhol, it was very, very much, you know, like, um, he was really diving into how pervasive the, you know, societal acceptance of consumerism has mm. become kind of like the number one thing. It's not about art or nature or about all of these things that like make us happy. It's about like being kind of like felt, fe- being feeling like we have to have these things, right? Hmm. And actually he translated them into art and it's like, well, everyone knows what the soup can is, you know, like, right. like just almost kind of showing how mass the, the mass herd understands certain things, mm, right? That yeah. like advertisement and consumerism and capitalism has con- consumed us all in a weird way, right? And like that mm. in of itself was like kind of like shining a mirror and a reflection. But at the same time, the irony was in his reflection of what was going on with capitalism and consumerism and whatnot was that he was a, well, he was saying like, well, you know what? I made this art. People like it. I'm going to make money off of it. And I don't care who says what. 
right? Yeah. And wow, because it's, it's, it's always been about the struggling artist. And some people say that was a sellout move. That was not very cool. Like, but you've seen a lot of, um, you know, a lot of modern day artists being inspired by that in a in an interesting way. Very you true. Know? Yeah. Um, and it kind of really speaks to like right now, like yeah, if so, if what is art? What like what is art? And I mean, that's where we're going back to the statement. Like, art is about statements of innovation. And I don't like I don't know necessarily. I can't really pinpoint what the innovation of Andy Warhol is. That could probably be debated. There's probably a bunch. There's a lot. I mean, I only that would just be said interesting to learn about. It's not as easy per se as like yeah. Leonardo da Vinci, right? But there has to be some form of innovation based on how a lot of art today. I mean, I'm even looking around our room and looking at some of the art pieces we have on the wall. They're heavily influenced by Andy Warhol. Yeah. You know, same image, change some colors. Yeah. And now you have a new appreciation for maybe something that everyone's been overlooking for long periods of time. You yeah. know, like I, I'm trying to make sense of it as we're having this discussion on it. Yeah. But I also have a thought provoking question, which is, can you think of any artists that have been very successful or became famous that you would say they were not innovative? Or they didn't contribute any innovation at all to the art world or to earth, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are a few. I think that, like, maybe the art world has maybe, I don't know. Some Sometimes you go into a museum and you're like, why? You know? Yeah. And I totally get that, you know? I, I think, you know, like, there's, like, Rothko's that people are like, I don't understand this. This isn't, like, that what are, innovative. What are those like? So those are, like, basically, like, like, it could be a huge canvas with just one color. Maybe it's usually like two colors. There's like color blocks and it's just like, okay. a, you know, like a big canvas with a couple of colors and like usually square shapes. And it's hmm. pretty simple. It's really simple. But maybe... Do you think there is innovation? We're just missing it? Well, may, I mean, yeah. You could definitely dive into the world of Rothko and you could you could see that. I, w- I would say like, um, was it ja- uh, Jackson Pollock? Yeah. yeah he, well, see, I think that... This is, okay, go ahead. You go some, first. Yeah, so some... This is where the art world is so interesting and constantly debatable. And we're not really saying we have one side or the other on either of this, because I think, of course, you can you can find an opinion yeah. opposing each one. It's right? a so discussion, you kind of have to, conversation, learning. Yeah, it's important to critically think and go look at these yourselves and be like, okay, well, mm, okay, I don't see the innovation yet, but maybe there is some down there. I think with Jack Pollock, like, you know, people look at that and they're like, well, can't just anyone do that? You know, just mm. but you know, I we've both. Um, read articles, watched documentaries and whatnot about that artist in particular and where people are trying to reenact and remake um, his art. And <laughs> it's hard. It's actually not that easy because, I mean, the yeah. human random, there's a, there's a, an element of human randomness in the drops and the, you know, the paint that he put on canvas. Yeah, so I think that would be the argument of his innovation contribution is that no one painted in that format prior yeah. to him. But... Is it really innovative drip drip painting or whatever you want to call it where you're dipping the paintbrush and you're not putting the brush to the canvas, but you're like throwing it on there? It obviously has been very influential in today's artists, graffiti artists, street artists, uh, pieces that are in museums are a lot of them include that type of format, but was it, I mean, it was almost like accident. Like, it, yeah. like I watched a whole documentary on him interesting story how much of it is how, how much of the value associated with his pieces is based on the story of jackson pollock and yeah you know unfortunately more often than not 
when the artist goes, the prices go up, you know? And um, he didn't live a very long life, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to see something that's not even there. You know? Right. So, but at the same time, is it innovative? Innovation. I mean, let, let, we could just break that term down. Like, sometimes it's difficult to define what is truly innovative and what is not truly innovative, right. too. But I think maybe the fact that um, just because we don't understand how this could be innovative or why this artist is innovative, maybe it's on us to try to seek those answers and then and only then can we make our final judgment. Yeah, I love that. I I really I really do. I, I think, you know, today art is evolving in a lot of different ways. It's actually innovation has allowed more people to become artists than ever before to create things, right? So many people have access to the tools. Yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, just going back to the second line of art is not about likes, feelings, and expressing the self. See, that is a very, I feel like each of those have to be broken down. Yeah. Not about likes. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, no, let's talk about that. I think that's a really Great. Like when he's referring to likes, we're not talking about like people like it. We're talking pretty specific on social media. And we're specifically talking about the feelings or sensation of getting a lot of people to, you know, give you a thumbs up. You know, like like all the accolades that come with people appreciating what you're creating. Yeah. That's He's arguing that's not what it's all about. And I, and to an extent, I do agree. I mean, I actually do agree a lot. Like, I, I agree a like lot. honestly, yeah. popular doesn't always equal great art to yeah. me I, or, or art in general. Just because some, a bunch of people like it doesn't necessarily mean, and that's kind of, again, going back to Andy Warhol, that's kind of like the irony in it too. Is like, mm. there's so much irony in Andy Warhol pieces that go there all day. But I think when now we have social media and you think about, you know, what is art really for? Is it for progressive progressing? Some people don't agree, but I would mm. say like with likes, I mean, we've, we've discovered that some of the most amazing artists, like just recently have been the ones that are super unknown. Like they have hmm. the potential. It's almost like, I don't know. I, I feel like this might be, we're in a time of transition of like, okay, yeah, of course you do need to you know, have people know who you are and appreciate your artwork because then opportunities open up and all of that stuff. But there's also something to be said about people who kind of like get it right away and find you. And yeah. it's like, if you can actually um, maintain that in a way where um, you're not influenced by the amount of likes, because like it, I have to say it almost, it could get to anyone's head, the amount of likes that one gets, whether it's like absolutely. they're absolutely needing it or whatnot, it could actually halt creativity. Yeah. It could actually... You know, there's pressure that builds. I mean, you see this with music artists all the time, you know, where it's like, oh man, I got one really great album. Like now the pressure's on and you can crumble under that because yeah. of that, that kind of pressure. But if you had none of that, man, you could just do whatever the heck you want. But yeah. then, you know, you also have to think in terms of social media and record labels and all these other intermediaries, like really, why do you have this? Like, why are you having those likes? Right. Really, why? Like, is it because hmm. people are investing into you? What's your is inner it, motive, perhaps? Yeah, like, well, yeah. And, but there's also, it's you, most of the time, it's not because of just what you created. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's we're in a weird space where it's like, you have agents, you have record labels, you have, yeah. you know, auction houses, you have all these things that are kind of like around the artist to promote it, mm-hmm. obviously. 
but build the hype, build perhaps. the hype. Right? right. And so like, how do you measure art in its substance? And I think that's maybe what this is getting at is like, what is the substance of art? Maybe yeah. it's, it's innovation, but well, you're bringing up the, the point of, uh, or you're making me think about Banksy or, uh, I forget his, uh, it's, it's shepherd something, the guy who created Obey. the Obey. Yeah. And their roots were in street art. I mean, how much did Shepard spend to put his posters up all over the world? For what? I mean, he didn't have a clothing brand until, honestly, if you look at his whole timeline, it would be considered more recently. Yeah. And Banksy, he did go mainstream after his documentary came out. But prior to that, it was so exciting and elusive. And you were watching someone like build their career. And I don't think that either of them are well, because they have that history, it makes you feel as though it's a bit more authentic and it's not giving the people what they're asking for. Yeah. But it's more um, related to this is what I'm interested in and this is what I believe. And so I'm going to be doing this even if it's going to cost me money to do so. Yeah. And I'm not going to make a lot of money from it. It's still who I am. Yeah. I mean, Banksy is a really great point they both are but I think Banksy really kind of made everyone shift their mindset of like what is art on top of right Hmm. like it's on I mean I just saw we both just saw a video where Banksy actually did a new piece of art on the side of a jail like like it was it was a prison wall and he went at night and he filmed the whole thing of like him doing the you know he still stays synonymous as much as he can but yeah seeing him do that and then zooming back out with the drone of seeing like this is a prison and this is like you know someone trying to escape or whatever or even climb in it's debatable but um i think that in of itself so think about like how difficult it was for you know like an auction house like christie's or sotheby's to be like oh canvas is usually what we do like or something that goes inside this is outside how do you take the brick off of a wall and reconstruct it you have to almost like you have to really think through that, right? And, right? and 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 Banksy wasn't it wasn't about social media, it was about people taking pictures on social media and be like, What is going on? This has gotta be the first this is definitely the same artist, you know, yeah. like look It's more I'm, sharing a message, yeah, a deeper message. It, and that, I feel like the message was in every piece of art. It was very intentional. They're very purposeful, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So um that one is interesting and I feel you know, the other two, which are art is not about feelings and expressing the self. Mm. It's very, very interesting. interesting. That one's almost debatable. Yeah. Because I will say that when I think about Leonardo DiCaprio, not DiCaprio, (laughs) though he is very good at expressing his feelings. Yeah, he's an artist. uh, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, he his his some of his pieces do show a little bit of like feeling to him, but others, yeah, there's some like Picasso. I'm not getting too much of his feelings, but um. Uh, the Starry so Night. Self- Starry Night. Oh, oh, Van Gogh. Yeah, Van Gogh, dude. All feelings. Yeah. No ear, dude. I feel your sadness. Well, also man. like a Salvador Dali. Like that was really. Oh, that's another great example. You know. Yeah. Oh, the Van Gogh is impressionism is what you were trying to figure out. I just uh, got that in my brain. Thank you. Impressionism, Van Gogh. Um, but with uh, Salvador Dali, I mean, his surrealist. Like he was really, you know, like kind of founding father of you know, surrealism, and that was post World War Two 
where things in his head were all messed up, which we know now we can identify as PTSD of what happens to someone when they go to war. But he, mm-hmm. there was no understanding of that yet. And so he expressed his dreams, his weird dreams, his, like what was going on in his head that he couldn't understand. He was expressing that in a, in a, a weird, surrealistic, weird way. And some yeah. people don't like his stuff and some people do. And it's for various different reasons. But if you really are, you know, analyzing where did surrealism come from? It was like going deep into like the subconscious and the brain of like mm. what is going on in here, right? Yeah, but that so, would that would that could be argued that his th- those like dreamy pieces that's the innovation. That's a that's a good point. It if was you, like if it was, you remove the dreamy pieces and you just focus on his feelings from what's going on, and they're kind of like really simple and like everything else. Yeah, there's no innovation with it, then. There goes his fame. Yeah, it's true. He like allowed himself to step into his subconscious and uh, surreal type of a world that Which was mo- a lot of people don't like anything that existed on earth prior yeah i mean artistically it really was it was like a a brand new movement which in of itself and if you think about the roots of ptsd and whatnot i actually don't know if he was officially diagnosed with it but everyone knows he went to war and that's you know part of the reason why this amazing creative bubble of paris happened you know with all the different types of writers and artists and whatnot yeah scott fitzgerald yes please like really (laughs) cool stuff but you know if you think about like why all this happened it was also yeah, I mean, it was kind of on the cutting edge of something that so, we just didn't understand yet. So it was innovative. So maybe it doesn't need feelings, but it can include feelings, but it's not all about feelings. Yeah, well, I think that something Banksy, like that. Ba- yeah, I think that's right. Because Banksy, I feel like, is capturing a type of feeling, a type of way mm. in a lot of his pieces, too. Yeah, like a yeah. co- it's, it's like a communication tool. Yeah, sometimes it's his opinion, which is fueled by feelings of what he's seeing going on around him yeah but like how amazing is it that he as an artist has the ability to really communicate a message through graffiti right basically through graffiti to people that's not lost in the void like other people Mm. talk about these problems and issues in books and poetry and podcasts like there's all there's so much information out in the metaverse right that we 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 pick and choose what we want to listen to. But then all of a sudden Banksy comes out with something new and everyone's like, wait, what is that? Oh, wow. That's pretty deep about what's going on in the world. Right. Yep. That makes me feel some type of way. So I wonder, I wonder if uh, Banksy's innovative contribution would be the way that he communicates those feelings, which is very, is radically different from at the time, radically different from everyone else. I mean, graffiti artists at the time were primarily doing words and, you know, color spray can he was doing stencils yeah. and almost portraying a story with a deeper meaning um, for the hell of it. I mean, it's yeah. like a blend of street art, but with purpose. I don't know how to explain it. It, it. Was, it was, I think, founded in purpose. It was like, what? I, I'm going to leave this up to interpretation also. Like, I'm not going to have mm. a lot of words to describe exactly what this is because obviously people can read and do all the things to understand this, but I want some. I want people to look at this and just stand there for a second you know yeah. and take it in and you're Every, it, it, everyone kind of understands at a certain point too some yeah. may have to think a little out of the their box but it, it's translatable is what i'm trying to say for sure it is translatable i mean i think across the world across languages and i think that's another yeah. thing too for him is like 
we may be able to communicate all these things, but we're speaking in one language. Art allows you to transcend like math. It doesn't matter what language you speak. You can probably mm. infer what I'm trying to say through well this said. piece of art. Yeah. yeah. But I would I, just to kind of like end it with, you know, the final statement, which is art is about statements of innovation. Obviously, we've been kind of trying to pull and t- tie each example back to this. But I think right now why this is such a profound statement is it does actually in a weird way when you start thinking about it apply to a lot of artists and you're like wait but is that why or is that because someone um with the ability like maybe with an auction house like really liked it and that's why you know like Mm. it really makes you think like why did certain artists why are certain artists still in the zeitgeist why is it still Mm. why are they still relevant why are people still collecting them you know yeah and and, and we're in this time of where, man, no, like I don't, I can't imagine another time in human history where innovation and art is combining and actually entangled, like in a way where they're influencing each other constantly. Yeah. Like, especially when it comes to the world of NFTs and coding, you mm-hmm. know, like when it comes to art, digital native art and blockchain code, which is very new and different. It's not your typical JavaScript. It's not yeah. HTML. Like that's what, you know, the old web was built with, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, now we're moving into this new world of what is this, how is what, how, how, how's this going to evolve? And there are new languages coming up that people don't know who have been coding for decades, right? There are mm. things happening. It's a that different are, form of art. It is. And, and I feel like that in itself, it hasn't really been stated because it's always been like, oh, the dot-com bubble, like, oh, you're, if you're a coder, you're a nerd, let's build some business, let's make some money and all that stuff. What happens when an artist understands code and actually can can ex- like really put not on a pedestal but like really show shine light on the fact that actually coding in a computer language is art and a science and a science yeah but where, it is definitely art and most people just think it's a science yeah exactly well or it's just there to you know, make a bunch of money or build business or build a platform or X, Y, and Z, but you can do that. And there is, and it's still like you're like any platform that allows others to create their own art is, I mean, that's amazing in of itself. I mean, imagine, imagine if Leonardo da Vinci was here right now, he'd be like, this is an insane world. What's happening right now. Mm. Like the amount of potential and creativity and innovation, that innovation is continuing to spur art. That art is not held back by innovation, but that actually art is enhanced by innovation and innovation enhances the art too. Mm, yeah. That it's like kind of, it's like it, they go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I feel like the only individuals that can truly appreciate the art of programming are other programmers. Yeah. Like you have to have an understanding of programming to be able to appreciate that. But when it comes to some of these other new ways of creating digital art, they're very translatable to the mainstream but maybe it hasn't been fully adopted yet. Yeah. But they don't have to, there's no like learning curve where you have to study to just be able to understand it. Right. It just takes a little, like you look at the people pieces. Anyone can look at those images and see kind of a deeper meaning behind some of them. Some of them are super silly and they don't make sense to other people. But at the same time, you can get it just by looking at it and you can understand that. Whereas coding, I could put, a bunch of codes in front of us and if it was really complex it'd be like what the heck is this and then you put it in front of someone who that's all they do they could be like oh my god this is the most beautiful piece of art i've ever seen and i think in this new evolution that we're entering 
we're going to see a lot more people appreciating the that 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 kind of bridge between the programming and the art where it just takes it it, it doesn't require you to learn it just requires you to have your eyes open and look at it yeah you know no i agree 100 percent. it's hard to explain but you're, you're getting me it is well i think what you're saying is dead on it's like if an artist does understand code it almost opens up their ability to be able to bring people in and see a piece of art or the utility of something that they've created in a whole new way that is mm-hmm. that is going to be to me it's like the metaverse is expanding and this is also so very exciting but i think you know obviously there are a lot of people who aren't on board and they don't really understand nfts and that's okay i mean that will come with time i think and nft still is a, like a world of of art and and innovation and coding that is still very very early days still being molded right now but there are some There's people who opinion. are yeah so that are still uh, really pushing things forward but i i I want to also like share something that I've been thinking about too, which is like, you know, I think people lose the fact because I, I was talking with a few people over the weekend, um, you know, older, like, you know, baby boomer aged individuals where they were like, I don't understand. It's just a JPEG or it's just a, an MP3 file or whatever it is, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, Hmm, yes. But remember the, do you remember the time when you thought that watching that YouTube video was actually amazing. Like you couldn't even believe that you could do that on the computer. Like Hmm. I remember even like, you know, like early days blogging, MySpace days where you had to like actually create the website with HTML. Like I do remember that. And I remember being so excited at the fact that I could actually include a very pixelated JPEG on my website, you know, like, (laughs) and and you're, and it's like, wow. The good old days. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, just like, just remember how amazing that was. I mean, I, 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 feel like it's important for me to remind myself of like how amazing and far we've come so you know because we, mm-hmm. we get all caught up like everyone's making videos and and audio and and photos and everyone's posting stuff all the time it's like almost overwhelming but remember the early days when it was actually amazing to see something that you would only be able to see at the louvre yeah. on a computer like whoa that was game changing okay and for you younger people probably are just like whatever i didn't experience that but it was an amazing moment and we're kind of at the forefront um of something like that again i feel yeah. in a very different way where youtube isn't the only ones who are able to code and everyone just uploads it and doesn't learn to code like i feel like the inner like the not everyone's gonna have uh have to learn how to code in order to become a great artist but i think that the understanding of um, you can be creative with both science and art and to at least surround yourself with people who help you really execute your vision yeah. in a way that makes people see art and mm. ownership and innovation together in a very different way. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what we're on the forefront with well, right now. So well, perhaps innovation can only be fully appreciated through reflection. Ooh, that's a whole nother episode. But that's I think another that's episode. A, we'll, we'll leave you hanging with that one. Yeah. I think that was a uh, art's always fun to talk about. I it enjoy is. it. I it's think, fascinating. I think um, there's a lot to learn, and and uh, we'll bring you all on our journey. It's been for fun. Sure. It's been really fun. And thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you then. Bye.